Greetings and welcome to Own It and Talk It Out. I'm Helen Knoll, the CEO of Talk Story Incorporated, and I recently returned from celebrating my girlfriend Loretta's 70th birthday in beautiful Hawaii. I want to give a shout out to all the Nubian queens that attended. First and foremost, a huge shout out to the birthday girl and events planner, Loretta, also known as Lo, 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 and to the other beautiful sisters that attended, Kelly, Phyllis, LaQuincy, Pandora, and Charlotte. The majority of us flew to LA on April 10th, spent the night there, and the next morning, we took off, we took to the skies to Hawaii on April the 11th. In Hawaii, we toured the island, took pictures on the beach, attended a luau, painted a canvas and rock, visited the Arizona Memorial, went on a four-hour yacht cruise, ate at a five-star restaurant, restaurant, went to hear live music at the Lalo Autograph Collection. Ah, oh, let me just say, we were busy from the time that we got to Hawaii until the time that we left. A huge shout out to my sister Cynthia, who used to braid my hair, and her husband Fred Culp, and their son Freddie Jr. Freddie is a musician and he performed live at the Lalo Autograph Collection. If you're ever in Waikiki, make sure you check them out. I met up with the previous supervisor, Mrs. C, at a sushi restaurant. She treated me to lunch and brought me several lays, one real and one artificial one with turtles on it. I love turtles because they remind me to be patient, wait on the Lord, and to be of good courage. God sent another blessing on the last evening of our stay when we visited the Arizona Memorial and paid homage to the victims of the Pearl Harbor attack on December 7, 1941. May they rest in eternal peace. Afterwards, we drove to beautiful Kaneohe and reflected on God's beautiful creations. Hawaii is truly my heaven on earth. Then on Sunday evening, my former co-workers from the Hickam Air Force Base Airmen and Family Readiness Center showed up in full force and we had a ball reminiscing in the lobby of the Halikoa. Much love to Mina, David, Regina, Maria, Gary, and Kathy. The majority of us returned on Monday, April 17th, and Kelly and I continued the festivities at Loretta's house in Victorville, California. At the onset of our trip, we discovered that I was the baby of the bunch, the youngest of seven women. And let me just say, age has its privilege. I mentioned in a previous episode that our family's mantra is blood is thicker than water. And the elder always took care of the younger. Well, I have nothing but love and respect for them queens because they took great care of baby girl. We had a funky good time. And if you've never been to Hawaii, you owe it to yourself to go. The spirit of aloha is alive and well. Mahalo, my sister from another mother, Loretta for inviting me to celebrate with you and for planning a trip that we will always remember. It was absolutely beautiful. 
In last week's podcast, I introduced you to my praying maternal grandmother, Hattie Noel. And in this week's podcast, I'm going to introduce you to my paternal grandmother, Mother Helen Nelson, my namesake. But before I get started, let's have some moments of reflection from previous podcasts. One in particular came from my baby sister, Vet. I am her, mama number two. When she texted me when I was at the Ontario airport in California a few days ago when I was waiting on my return flight to Virginia, and she said, Helen, that episode on mommy was beautiful. I need a moment. Thank you for that. I'm over here crying. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So many memories. I'm going back down memory lane. Love and miss you, sister. I love and miss you too, my baby sister. Always in my heart, always in my heart. Another reflection is an additional tribute to my sister Jackie, also known as Mama Number Two. Several weeks ago, I shared that when she passed away, I was stationed in Hawaii, and she passed away on Good Friday in in the year 2000. I also mentioned that God was sending me back to Hawaii to restore everything the canker worm had stolen, and I expected double for my trouble. Let me just tell you, in Hawaii, God restored my soul. And although I was stationed there for six years, in retrospect, when my family and I arrived in Hawaii, I was four months pregnant with Tavares, And that's when my morning sickness began. We stayed at the Holly Cove for almost a month before we moved to Kapolei. And three weeks after I had Tavares at Tripler Hospital is when mama number two was diagnosed with open heart failure. And after she passed away, Hawaii no longer seemed like paradise to me. Yeah, I was living in paradise but I wasn't fully present. And when we arrived at the Holly Coa on April the 12th, the attendant at the check-in counter said, Mrs. Noel, we've upgraded your room to a full ocean view at no additional charge. (laughs) Won't he do it? God didn't leave a stone unturned. And my roommate LaQuincy reminded me of my sister Jackie. Her quiet nature, mannerisms, and shapely physique were a lot like Jackie's. Mama number two's best friend's name is Phyllis. And one of the sisters that attended was Sister Chief Phyllis. And I shared so many wonderful laughs in Hawaii with her. We laughed so hard that many times we felt like we were going to cry. Sister Kelly reminded me of my sister Deborah, and I enjoyed her sweet spirit. God was truly restoring the years. I was scheduled to leave California on April the 20th, but my flight was canceled. So I left on Friday, April 21st. Mama number two passed away on Good Friday, April 21st, 23 years ago. And on the morning of my departure, LaQuincy, invited Loretta and I to breakfast 
and her and her son fixed us a big breakfast. Loretta and I reminisced about Jackie while they cooked us breakfast. Loretta had the privilege of meeting Mama Number Two when we were stationed together at Langley. In a previous episode, I shared with you that when I was a child, before our family attended church every Sunday, that Jackie always fixed a big breakfast. Quincy fixing breakfast for me reminded me of Jackie fixing breakfast, and the memory was, oh, so sweet. Thank you, Lord. God is a restorer. He sent me back to Hawaii and gave me more than I could ever imagine, ever have imagined. He's been healing me and faithfully restoring the years since I wrote Seven Days in the Fire. I guess that explains why the divinely inspired universal message of Seven Days in the Fire is heal the body slash church and restore the house before the fire. He who has ears, let him hear. God desires for his people to be healed and restored on earth before Jesus returns. And I read in my favorite book, (laughs) it's going to be fire next time. And judgment begins with the church. I want to give a birthday shout out to my girlfriend Laverne, my first and oldest friend who I met when our family moved from Lorraine to Illyria when I was approximately six years old. Laverne's birthday is on April 18th, the same day Mommy died. And instead of me reflecting on Mommy's death, I rejoice in Laverne's birth. I love you, friend, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in July in celebration of our 40th Illyria High School Reunion. In this week's episode, I want to touch on trauma through relocations. When you move from one location to another. I experienced trauma, trauma, I'm sorry, twice through moves. The first one occurred when I was in first grade at Vincent Elementary School in Lorain, Ohio. Apparently, Mom and Daddy were having some problems, and she decided that it was time for her to leave him. And I vividly recall Mama number two picking me up from school one day and telling my teacher, today is Helen's last day. We're moving tomorrow. Are you kidding me? I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to any of my friends or teachers. One day I was there, the next day I wasn't. That was traumatic. And I can only imagine how traumatic it was for my older siblings who were in middle school and high school. Another traumatic move I experienced was when I was a teenager, when I moved from Elyria, Ohio to Kansas City, Kansas at the start of my senior year of high school. This is actually a great segue into this week's episode with me introducing you to my paternal grandmother, Helen Nelson, my namesake. So before I delve into the relocation trauma of living with her, let me first just tell you a little bit about my namesake by reading an excerpt from chapter one, my Genesis, 
from seven days in the fire. Family vacation. Every summer, we anticipated our family vacation to visit my other praying grandmother in Kansas City, Kansas. The night before our trip, we usually congregated in the kitchen to prepare convenient meals. Some fried chicken while others made bologna sandwiches and fixed Kool-Aid. We left early in the morning with what seemed like a million suitcases on top of the beige, green, and brown station wagon. We feared the worst. Within city limits, the kids held their breath and slouched in their seats until we reached the highway. We were afraid that one of our friends might see us packed in the station wagon like sardines as we resembled the Beverly Hillbillies. The itty-bitty seat in the rear of the station wagon was my assigned seat. My little legs were scrunched the entire trip. Older siblings had privileges, and being third from the youngest of ten had back seat written all over it. We looked forward to the gas and restroom breaks because it provided temporary, temporary relief from the confines of the station wagon. Upon arrival, we captured audiences as bystanders stared in disbelief. They were astonished by the number of people that one 1970-something Ford Country Squire could unload. Mother Helen, my grandmother, Mother Helen always heard our voices from inside the house and greeted us on the porch. She was an eloquent, short Christian woman with the strength of a giant. Like Solomon in the Bible, her wisdom captivated you through intellectual stimulation. Her formulated questions challenged you to think before you answered. I look forward to the times when Mother and Helen and I would talk story. She was a woman of many sayings, and she once referred to me as a devil on wheels. Once, while riding down the hill on my bicycle in front of her house, she began to look for me. I sped around the corner, and she saw me and said, There goes the devil on wheels. She rarely called me Helen. Instead, referred to me as namesake or sunshine. The devil is a liar, and I knew she meant me no harm, but I preferred Helen, namesake or sunshine. Mother Helen was a woman of servitude. Her talents included dressmaker, hat maker, and beautician. Like Esther in the Bible, she carried herself like a queen and dressed to impress from head to toe. Her beauty treatments included facials, manicures, and pedicures. I admired her beautiful wardrobe and stylish hats stored in hat boxes throughout her bedroom. She had a beautiful fragrance of life like freshly picked lilies from a garden. Her expensive perfume bottles covered the vanity. Every year, I could hardly wait to sample each skillfully crafted fragrance. Every summer, our family traditionally partook from Gates Barbecue in Kansas City because Daddy claimed it was the best in the world. He bragged about cream soda too, 
and we made special trips to purchase some. At night before bedtime, the grown-ups, as we refer to them, facilitated just-in-time sleep arrangements. I pretended not to hear them and continued to play with my baby doll. I always slept with Mother Helen. After all, I was her namesake. Every morning, I awakened to her sweet voice as it whispered, Rise and shine, sunshine, or good morning, sunshine. I arose early to help her tend to the garden out back. The sweltering, the sweltering summer heat shined brightly on us as we worked up a sweat in the garden. Sometimes I prayed for soothing water or for the rain to fall on us. I never complained about the heat because whenever I glanced at her, she smiled and continued to labor. We picked collard greens, turnips, beans, peppers, and tomatoes, or whatever harvest was in season. Mother Helen sowed, and my family reaped her harvest. I especially loved the green tomatoes she fried for me. On one occasion, when Mother Helen and I talked story, she revealed that the late Alex Haley, author of the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel Roots, the saga of an American family, had eaten dinner at her house. She lived at 1315 Nebraska Avenue, and Mr. Haley's brother lived several blocks away on Everett Street. Mother Helen's family lived in the house for over 64 years and preserved its rich history. When you entered Mother Helen's living room, the front-loaded wood stove with the chimney connector extended through the living room. Ceiling immediately caught your attention. Her passion for scrapbooking and writing letters resulted in voluminous newspaper clippings being scattered throughout the house. As the family historian, she chronologically captured memories by writing on the back of pictures and traditionally enlightened me on the significance of remembering dates. Mother Helen died on October 13, 1995, and Lord knows how much I miss her. I desire to lie in her bed and talk story. Praise God for my praying grandmother. Her legacy to me was a commitment to the spirit of excellence. I never knew her husband, my grandfather, Algie Nelson, also known as Daddy Nelson. He died on January 17, 1960, before I was born. The 2007 Nelson family reunion revealed that he was the head of the household, a kind and gentle man of God who made everyone feel important. No one burdened him. My cousin recalled a time when he made fermented grape juice and made up a name for it, Chihuahua. Family members described him as a man of great dignity and integrity. Daddy Nelson emphasized education, and I remember his brother's quote. Whenever you say something, make sure you have something to say. Although he died before I was born, his legacy to me was a commitment to the spirit of order. Getting back to the traumatic event, during the summer of 1982, when I was approaching my senior year of high school, 
Daddy drove me and several other family members to Kansas City for our yearly family vacation. After being there a few days, I casually mentioned, it wouldn't be so bad to live here in Kansas City. And Daddy heard me. The next conversation I heard was Daddy telling Mother Helen that I wanted to live with her. Mother Helen was so happy that I couldn't muster up enough courage to break her heart by revealing to her that Daddy apparently misunderstood what I said. The next thing I knew, I was registering to attend Wyandotte High School and Mama, Mama was shipping my clothes from Elyria, Ohio to Kansas. Imagine attending a predominantly black high school as a senior and not knowing anybody. Let me just say that after a few months, I called Mama and I told her that Daddy misunderstood my words and I didn't want to be, I did not want to live in Kansas City. And she said, Helen, I was waiting on you to tell me. I'll send you a bus ticket right away. Let me just say, I couldn't wait to get on that bus and head back home. Living in Kansas City was truly traumatic. Although my husband and I both served in the military and we didn't have a say concerning when our family would be uprooted, I made a conscious decision to retire from the Air Force before my oldest son attended high school because I wanted to give him the stability that he needed so he wouldn't be traumatized by an unexpected move. I'm grateful for my son's resilience in the midst of our military moves. Both of them fared very well and for that, I'm grateful. In being transparent, I have to give God the glory for releasing me from the military when he did. One day I was riding to work and I had a talk with God. I said, Lord, I feel like I'm raising everybody else's children. And the Holy Spirit asked, who's raising yours? That was the day that I went to work, contacted my brother Chief Tone Van Buren, and I asked him what he knew about early retirement. And Tone said that to his knowledge, they weren't authorizing it. So I contacted the Chiefs group, and a chief that I was stationed with in Hawaii answered the phone, and he echoed Tone's words. But he also told me, don't let that discourage you from submitting your paperwork. So I put in for retirement. Seven days later, I received my retirement approval. And the rest is history. Stay tuned for next week's podcast when I share with you a blood pinky promise that I made to my cousin Beverly. If trauma is your story, Don't allow it to become your truth. Identify it, own it, and talk it out.